along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this young lady back. Of course, it is a Monday, so it's Cray News with Kay on a Monday. It's Kay Smith. Hi, Kay. Hi. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm living the dream. I'm getting it done. So I'm not very happy because, well, I'm happy that I had Dennis Quaid on this show, and he and I are buds, and I've got his cell phone number. Do you have his cell phone number? No. I will text Dennis Quaid right now. Don't even, Case Smythe. But <laughs> having said that, he came on to talk about how he wanted to make Texas Hollywood, and he's got a real um, um, love for Houston. I don't know if he's from Houston, maybe, but uh, he loves that area, and they did movies here, and they want Texas to take over because Hollywood's too woke. I did not know he was like Solar Storm Dennis Quaid. H- how did you know this? I mean, I had no clue that he was all about the solar storms that you talk about all the time. So I'm obsessed with solar storms just yes. because I think it's such uh, it's such an existential threat that we there are so many different ways that we can protect our power grid. So I just want to clarify for everyone listening: a solar storm um, doesn't do anything really to the weather. Um, it's a massive jolt of uh, basically like plasma that shoots out of the sun, and if it if it goes off at the right time in the right direction and it hits planet Earth, it interferes with our magnetic field, which uh, I'm not going to bother to explain because I can't do it very well. And it's very confusing, but it's basically the reason that we exist. And it's the reason that we have like electricity and like all these wonderful things. Um, But when the plasma hits, all of our technology above the ground goes like it just sparks flying everywhere. Oh, oh, cars crashing. Your phone explodes in your hand. It's a nightmare. Lots of people die. It's going to be terrible. Like I'm going to take that clip and make social media. Uh, so I guess that was excellent. It sounded as if there was a real explosion happening from Kay Smythe with a Welsh accent, which I thought was actually <laughs> very cool. So, I mean, literally, it will be, it won't be end days, but it would almost be like all technology just ceases. I mean, I think for... 90% of the population, it'll it'll cut their life expectancy down to within a decade. Anyone wow. in hospitals, anyone who depends on medication, anyone who knows more about social media and Instagram and, you know, who knows more about, like, I don't know, reading Wikipedia articles and playing video right. games, all those people are going to die just because that's impossible for so many people in the Western world to survive without technology like i'm talking like no cars no phones everything within the supply chain is gone um if you don't know your neighbor's names great they're probably going to eat you um if you don't trust your neighbors um bummer they're going to eat you and it's just going to basically just like keep on going like that like every single apocalypse movie you've ever seen um i do think that there are certain parts of the country where maybe Who knows? Maybe the military, like we know that there are underground bases. We know that there are sort of like no radio, no fly zones um, in different parts of the country. One sort of assumes that there's probably some kind of underground base. There's certainly underground infrastructure within military bases. We know that. Um, So there's probably places like hangars where there's going to be enough there to provide probably like nominal aid. Like if you're out in like real America, like you're stuffed but also if you're out in real america you probably know how to grow food you probably know your neighbors like you probably have the social structures in place to mitigate the worst especially if you live somewhere when you're like you're on a well system versus you know like city water things like that um if you're into camping you're golden if you're into hunting you're even more golden you become the new um sort of like tribal leader and all of this happens and we're just sort of sitting there 
and all of our phones and texts start going. And it's so funny, Joe, the number of people who tell me that I'm like a crazy conspiracy theorist or told me I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist when I talk about this stuff. And it's like a well-known thing. Like NASA tracks these things. We had an event that um, Dennis Quaid brought up. Oh my God, it's so funny how many people are just like, we're going to have a Carrington event. I'm like, that's that's not how that works. Okay, I've got to stop you. Uh, a couple of things here. Um, why is Dennis Quaid, the actor, involved in this? Has he been somebody who his whole life has been without, you know, out of our sight, studying stuff like this, shown an interest in this? It just... It seems almost to be a disconnect, although I find him to be a very smart guy. I'm not surprised, but I didn't expect it. So why is he involved? I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> I think a lot of people were surprised when I moved out to the States. You know, I wasn't doing a lot of like news media writing in this sort of medium, um, anything like this for a long time. And I think it it surprised a lot of people when it was like, oh, no, this is actually the stuff I'm really interested in. I once got into a shouting match with a guy who ended up becoming a billionaire because he sold his drinks company um, about my academic qualifications because he was wrong about something and he was getting on my nerves. We were on a party bus on the way to Nobu uh, for the 4th of July white party and he was just getting on my nerves. And so I kind of gave him like a bit of a, that's incorrect, here's the truth about it. And then when all my friends were like, no, Kay actually knows about this stuff, he was surprised. So I think maybe there's just that sort of like, that's, that's like a bias. But uh, Dennis Quaid made a documentary called Grid Down Power Up, where he talked a lot about one of these solar storm events that happened in um, 1859, which was called the Carrington event, which was the last big one um, that really sort of basically dismantled everything we built in terms of like telegraph structures. Like that's basically all we had at the time, you know, obviously no internet or anything like that. People barely had light bulbs and telephones or whatever. Or I don't even know when that stuff was made because I'm a millennial and I don't need to know that stuff. I like ancient history. Um, but what really interested me was the fact that he didn't just focus on the solar storm element. He also right. went into the risk from sort of like terror attacks, just risk from decay. Like just, you know, if there's... Well, all, well in this know, interview, yeah. I'm going to stop you a second. In this interview, he says there's a 100% chance it's going to happen. Do you agree mm -hmm. with that? Mm -hmm. It's definitely going to happen. We've had like six of these events and like a bunch of near misses um, on like the events on smaller scales, probably in the last... 12 weeks, if that. You, 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 you were young. You were very young. But do you remember the Y2K freak out? All, all computers, all technology will stop because we weren't smart enough to get ready for the turn of the, of the millennium. So uh, Y2K on January 1st of the year 2000, I guess, um, everything was going to shut down. All technology would be gone. And then really smart pinheaded people got together and said, oh, we can fix this. And they fixed it. And Y2K never happened. So is it something like we know these storms are happening. They have happened. We're going to get even more. 100% chance going to happen again. Are there pinheaded smart people that are already working? And pinhead is a, not a pejorative in this sense. It's a, it's a compliment. Are there smart people working on this in some way to shield us from it? Is there is that a possibility? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. There's some, uh, there's some incredibly brilliant minds working on this. Don't think any of them work in positions to actually implement the change because that costs money. Right. And I think the reluctance of the federal government to invest in these upgrades is just so representative of the sort of lack of action they take on 90% of the stuff that's actually a, a huge threat to the American empire. Not even just like the people that live here, like the very idea of America 
can collapse in events like this. And there's plenty of things to do to mitigate it. Um, it's just not that important right now. But I think with all of these sort of stories coming out about like cyber attacks, um, different networks being hacked, things like that, like hackers, I guess, are a whole big thing. They have been for a long time, but it's it's reaching a fever point. And that movie, Leave the World Behind, I thought was really interesting because there was that cyber element. And I remember saying to John when we were watching it, when they realized all their phones and stuff weren't working, I remember saying like, oh, it's clearly not a solar storm because you can still see all the electric cars running. Yeah. If it's a really bad solar storm, you might cook alive inside of your electric car. Like, that's like a legit thing that might happen. That's, so, that's always nice to hear. So I should keep my internal combustion engines. Uh, yeah, I mean, you should do that anyway, just because electric cars are lame. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm such a motorhead. I mean, I'm not an electric car guy anyway. And I said a long time ago, if they made one that looked like a Corvette, I would think about it. They've yeah, got some pretty slick looking electric cars, but... It's still not better than the cars that I have. It's Kay Smythe. Go to KaySmythe.com. She's written a, a an article about Dennis Quaid and the solar storms and all that. Go and check it out over on the Daily Caller. Um, as we continue this, you, you were very excited in the beginning when we were talking before we were on the air about a new civilization found. I, I don't get the same sort of, like, you hooked me up with Graham Hancock, and I loved having him on, and it was amazing to talk to him. Amazing to talk to you every time we talk, either on or off the air. You're so so knowledgeable about all this stuff. But to me, it's like, oh, look, that's kind of cool. To you, it's like, holy crap. <laughs> These people lived, and they lived this way, and this is where they found it. So where, where's the, <laughs> what is this one, in Peru or something? Yeah, this one, um, I think it's, oh, no, it's Ecuador. Sorry, I think it's Ecuador. Ecuador. Um, and it's one, it's so funny. I've written so many stories about Dennis Quaid and the solar storms, and Tucker does, like, this one interview that literally, like, changes the entire game. I just want to say that that is why I love being in the industry that I'm in, because brilliant people go out, and they talk about brilliant things, and they yes. make the difference, like Graham Hancock. Okay, Joe. Here is why ancient civilizations and the way that they lived, this is why this is so important, okay? Firstly, there's a select group of people within what I like to call big archaeology, which is akin to your big pharma, big yes. tech, whatever, um, who don't want to admit that humans, as we know them in terms of like development and technology, our history is significantly older than um, the books would let us believe. So um, there's this sort of reigning idea within big archaeology that about uh, 12, 13,000 years ago, there was this group of people called the Clovis culture, who uh, basically were some of the first, along with you know ancient Sumerians, to start you know agriculture, start normalizing um, tribal living, and basically set the foundation that led to where we are today. Yeah, that's rubbish. That is absolute trash. Throw it in the bin. No one wants that anymore. That's wow. fake history. That is okay. fake news history. You know, when I, okay. had, when I had Graham on, I asked him, I said, why do these people reject the true history as you uncover it? And he said that it's out of ego and out of arrogance. They don't want to be proven wrong. Well, that's part of it. Absolutely. I think the other thing is um, a lot of these guys don't go out and do the field work that they used to do. If they were, you know, 25, 30, 50 years younger they might be going out and doing the sort of stuff that Graham does, even though Graham's, you know, he's a little bit older than me. Um, but, just, but, just by um, a couple of months, right? Just by a couple of months. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I think he's got three, four grandchildren at this point. He's still out going like all over the world, exploring things. Um, but 
part of it is that the other thing that I actually ended up pointing out to Graham um, about a year ago, I was like, Graham, you know, you've got this whole theory that we reach this level of sort of peak development, peak civilization. You lay out all the evidence for that. And we know the big archaeology aren't going out and doing the work to refute your evidence. They're just shouting about you being a racist, which is why big archaeology and the Society for American Archaeology <laughs> suck. Wow. Um, okay. Those people suck. Only person who's ever been able to get me to shout on the phone in work was the receptionist for the Society for American Archaeology. What, no, um, why, why do I find that hard to believe? I, I get the feeling that you get, get all Welshy on anybody who gives you a hard time. Yeah, my editors, but like we all love <laughs> each other, you know? Like she's like the only stranger that I've been like, okay. okay. Um, but no, Graham sets up this incredible hypothesis that's been. Uh, very well backed with evidence to date that um, about 13, 14,000 years ago, um, there was uh, an asteroid burst um, or an asteroid impact that uh, rapidly melted glaciers in the Northern Hemisphere and led to this great flood. And if you have one of these great floods, um, you know, it wipes out everything. Like nothing survives that. Like we're talking about like an entire continent's almost worth of ice turning to water in a matter of minutes maybe hours at the most and that just flooding over all of the land then you've got the massive sea level rise we've already found ancient cultures and civilizations um off like well well offshore like in parts of the world that would have been coastlines because you know today we all still live on coastlines ancient cultures lived on coastlines but their coastlines were different and this is all sort of the theory that um, Graham sets up. And then I sort of sat him down one day and I was like, Graham, you realize that an inconvenient truth, Al Gore, the sort of foundation that most Americans, certainly within my generation, most Brits, um, built their understanding of climate change around. So, you know, when an inconvenient truth came out, it was this idea that we had this climate change and it led to this process. There was a well-known process called the Younger Dryas, um, where essentially it ended and the ending of this Younger Dryas mini ice age led to this cataclysmic flood. Al Gore sits there and posits that this was due to climate change. But now we have more evidence saying, actually, this was due to an asteroid impact. And what are you guys doing to mitigate future asteroid impacts? Oh, that's right. You're uh, locking children up in developing countries, getting them to mine minerals so you guys can uh, build your electric cars that literally no one wants. That's what you're doing to deal with the issue that you built, it just, it's the most infuriating and terrifying and, thing. And by the way, I just want to, let me just uh, throw this out there. I think the number is close to 80% of Americans said, I'm not interested in electric cars. I mean, so much so that car manufacturers are canceling entire lines of electric cars and offering some more actual engines like that we're used to. Um, I think they overplayed their hands so bad. And I know that we're not talking about that necessarily, but the whole mining thing, the more Americans and the more human beings that are caring, that understand that little six-year-olds are out mining the stuff you need to make these cars, um, I think it's going to get even worse for them, no? Mm-hmm. I think it is. I have no idea. For the first time in my life, I'm like, I have no idea what happens next. Like, I have no idea what happens ne- like next on a macro level. Do we go into World War Three? Does Russia invade Germany? And then that becomes the whole thing. Because to be honest with you, if that happens, yeah, that's that's kind of what we need to focus on. Um, are the aliens going to invade? If so, great. I've got writing material for months. I'm sorted. <laughs> um, is it be... So you hope they invade so you've got plenty of work? I mean, I'm <laughs> like, yeah, kind of. 
Come like, on. there's only so much Morgan Wallen stuff I can write. Um, <laughs> but no, I think like, like definitely over the course of this year, sort of going into more detail on these sort of macro crises that have plagued civilization before that we're apparently not allowed to dig into the data on other than, okay, we, we, let me back up because we were going to talk about this uh, city that was found yeah, less in than a minute. Go ahead. Cities found in Peru, right? This is my favorite thing. It's not Ecuador. the first. It's not oh, Ecuador. Sorry. It's not the first, not the second, probably not the third one of these cities. Massive, sprawling, kilometer, oh, sorry, miles and miles and miles of roadways. Uh, big archaeology thinks that the people who built these huge, sprawling cities did all of it without any kind of transportation, not even horses. Well, that's stupid. Yeah, that's that, so that's just, stupid. That's brainless. My nine-year-old daughter said, yeah, Dad, that's not the case. Pass the potatoes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, anybody who suggests that that there was no technology, just go and watch Graham's stuff. Just go and read Kay's stuff over in the Daily Caller. I mean, you guys expose this every single day. How did they build the pyramid? Somebody just pressed the button and it just happened? No, there was technology. They figured it out. Mm-hmm. So, okay, uh, we didn't even get into the, into the WEF, and I'm, I'm kind of glad because it makes my head my head hurt. Yeah. But next time, let's do that. It's casemythe.com, casemythe.com, dailycaller.com. Read everything she does, news and commentary reporter on Newsmax all the time, and assorted other stuff as well. Kay, you're the best. You are the best. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Motown Monday. We appreciate Kay coming on. Uh, Here's the update from the Iowa caucuses. At this point, the AP and also I believe the New York Times are calling it for Donald Trump. As we speak, it's 55.3% for Trump. Nikki Haley, second place, 19.1%, 16.9% for uh, for DeSantis. And uh, it's not done yet. So that's not, those are not going to be the final numbers, but that's where we are right now. And they called this early for Donald Trump. They did not play games with this. They said, okay, this is pretty much over. That's going to do it for us for now. That is Sam. That is Carrie. I'm Joe. That's Kurt. Back tomorrow, same time, same place. We've got a lot of great interviews, including Natalie Winters tomorrow, who you might know from Steve Bannon's War Room. All right, have a great night. Talk soon. This is the Joe Pegg Show.